Welcome back to the Bromar Show. I am your host, Bromar. And if you listened to the last episode of the Bromar Show, I went into detail about my college experience. And it sounded like I had a mixed stance on it. Just for the record, I still think it was worth it. It's just that I made my decision of just pursuing four years. You know, the rising costs of college can be very very discouraging but there's research that indicates that with all this debt the student debt going around it is still worth it to go to college it is still worth the debt now of course it varies on the majors you study and etc and whatnot but i'm just going to point out to you an article here talking about why it's still important or it's still worth it to go to college even with the massive amount of student debt floating around But before I get into that, I actually requested some experiences from your college experience. And I actually went on the Anchor Facebook group here and requested to tell me some of your challenges while you were in college or university. And we have some pretty interesting ones. Denise here says that being so far away from family was one of the biggest challenges in college. Now, I didn't get to experience that, but I've actually wanted to just to get an idea or like know, you know, what it's what it's like being away from your family for a semester or a year. And to be fair, since I've picked a school nearby because I I liked it, I decided to go to the school that was, you know, where my family still lived. But being so far away from family is definitely something that someone should experience at least once because I feel like in that sense you get an understanding of why it if family is important to someone and why you you would miss your family you know like even me living on campus away from my family even though they weren't really that far away it was to me I still miss them miss their presence and I don't know it made me more connected to them for sure. Leonardo here says, (laughs) to be honest, actually being there, waking up every day and having a two-hour commuting time, which that's tough. I know my sister, she's currently going to school and she has to commute downtown and downtown traffic in the morning. It is ridiculous. It's time-consuming and I don't know if it's worse than bigger cities, but it's it's a handful. Jai here says, uh, trying to learn anything in an 8 a.m. lecture is something very challenging in college or university. And I agree with that. I used to have plenty of 8 o'clock classes, 8 o'clock in the morning classes. And it was just really hard to wake up to them. And the thing is, I thought I would be accustomed to it because I'm like, yo, I get up to go to school like around 6 or 7, I don't remember, but I know 7.20 was our end time for school. So I had to wake up at like 6.30. And I thought, oh, you know, waking up at 7 was going to be better. No, <laughs> not at all. Mickey here states that fake friends was one of the toughest challenges in college and university. I didn't really have that much of a challenge with that just because I came into terms that, well, I'm going to meet different cultures and people from various parts of the world and I just was aware that there's chances that some friendships are not going to work 
or are not going to last compared to other friendships just because of the culture differences. Trina here states that continuing her education after six kids and after 40, some days are better than others. Paula here states that learning in a language that is not yours and then when you go back to your native language, you don't know the professional jargon in your own language. And I totally get that. I understand that 100% wholly because I am bilingual too. I learned English at a very young age and till this day, I still struggle pronouncing words and figuring out other synonyms or substitute for these words to sound more professional. And then going back to my original language, which is Spanish, just trying to find the formal or the professional jargon for it. It's it's tough, you know? It's like, I got to simplify this. and I, I don't know how to explain it in Spanish other than in slang. <laughs> so those are actually some of the comments I read through in the Anchor Facebook group. We're going to go ahead and take a look at a few Instagram comments here, more specifically some DMs. Jake here says, the toughest part about college is waking up very early to go to your class and just hitting that snooze button repeatedly just to get up. (laughs) I feel like that was every college student's experience. It's just getting up. Kendra here stated that one of the toughest challenges in college was whether to make a decision on getting more sleep and just hoping for the best for your exam or cram the night before and go to your exam with no sleep. (laughs) She said, either way, it seems like it was bound to fail. (laughs) I guess so, because while yes, you go to bed early, you wake up refreshed and relaxed, but you don't know the material for the exam. However, if you cram the night before you lose quite a lot of sleep and then you're in the exam just trying to stay up and you pretty much just, you freak out. Carmelo here says that he had a tough time deciding on weekends whether to go out for another night because he's still recovering from the night before. (laughs) I mean, I had a couple of struggles with that, but I didn't really go out too much. Let's go ahead and read one more. Kayla here stated that it was often a struggle to make a decision in regards to go to class or go to work or not go to either because if she went to class, she's losing sleep and money. If she doesn't go to class but goes to work, she's losing some material to study, but she's getting money, but she's also losing sleep. But if she goes to sleep, she's losing money and material for the class. So... (laughs) It was always a tough decision on which one to choose (laughs) because she feared that if she chose one, she will not have another chance to choose the other two. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. So I jumped into Google and typed in whether college is still worth it. And before I actually decided to go ahead and Google this, uh, there were a couple of uh, YouTube podcasts that I was listening to. And there were some hosts that their opinions were that they honestly are not sure if college was worth it anymore. And of course, I got into thinking that because even after these scandals with uh, Operation Varsity Blues and the rising costs of a higher education and the accruing student debt, it just seemed like college was not worth it anymore. So I decided, you know what, let's research this a little bit, just a little bit, and ask if college is still worth it. And there are just plenty of articles that stated that, yes, college is still worth it. But I think the one that struck out to me the most was from collegechoice.net. And, of course, it goes into detail in the first paragraph. 
about how there's recent coverage of the highlighted massive student debt along with opportunity cost and a wave of flashy entrepreneurs who are dropouts. And of course, the question arose of whether college was still worth it or not. And it goes more into detail about the student debt, how it has topped over $1 trillion as of 2013. And even though it is a massive number, it's apparently more manageable when looking at debt per borrower. And there's so many horror stories about jobless graduates with over $100,000 in debt. And apparently they are the exception and not the rule. Because only 3% of those borrowers owe more than 100000 and 1% owe more than 200000 Also, it is important to keep in mind that these numbers include students who are graduating from professional or medical schools as well. And those professional and medical schools are known for higher levels of student debt and higher payoffs in salary and job security. So it's like high risk, high reward. I guess it's not high risk, high reward. It's more like high investment, high return. And of course, with uh, the recession, it explains the reason why there was a rising cost in college and universities was because universities and colleges took a hit in the recession. Now, it seems like they recovered from it since then, according to the article. And even though higher education is costly, other things are costly like medical costs, cars and mortgages. And the thing that's different about higher education is that it's just a one-time cost. And you don't need to repair or replace it. And thinking about it, it's true. With medical costs, I mean, or cars or mortgages, you got to spend money occasionally if something breaks down or something needs fixed or updated. With higher education, I mean, it's just a one-time payment and you get it. You don't have to currently upgrade and say, okay, you know what? This degree is no longer valid, yada, 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 you know? And of course, some majors are more lucrative than others. And some schools are more expensive or provide less financial aid than others. But it's not necessarily a structural problem with higher education. And one of the arguments here that is made about, you know, why college isn't worth it anymore is because of the opportunity cost. So the largest opportunity cost of college are four years in which it's difficult to work full time during those four years and also the corresponding potential for advancement in those four years of work. And I actually will post a link of this article in the description because there's actually some figures here that show you like the difference between the wage of a high school graduate and the wage of a college graduate. And this is on average. There's also a median salary by education level that's comparing, you know, a college grad, a four-year college grad versus a high school graduate. So according to collegechoice.net, the average hourly wage for college graduates is roughly double that of non-college graduates. So what this means is that on average, college graduates earn the missed income from working full-time in college plus the current income of non-college educated workers. So the New York Times revealed that for common careers that do not require higher education, those with higher education still tend to earn more in the exact same roles. The median salary for dishwashers, child care workers, dental hygienists, hairdressers, and cashiers is more than one-third higher for four-year college graduates than it is for non-college graduates in the same position. And funny part about this is I actually work as a cashier. Technically, I applied for it part-time, but I, I honestly 
have experienced that statement is true. I mean, even though the wages might be closely similar to like the other coworkers who only graduated with a high school diploma, perhaps they distribute other factors into account to make it to make it look like you're earning more. So here's an example. Let's just say you have here a four-year college graduate, right, and is a cashier. And then you have someone here who graduated high school, who's a high school graduate, also a cashier. And now let's just say both of them have the same wage, right? The thing that kind of determines who's going to make more money here, of course, is going to be the college degree. And the way the four-year college degree person might make more money is they invest most of the hours on the four-year college degree person and cut down on the one with the high school degree because those hours have to be allocated for the one that graduated with a four-year degree. That's just theoretically speaking. I mean, I noticed that I get scheduled a lot of hours as a cashier. And even while I was still in school, I was scheduled almost damn near overtime at a previous job while I was in school over the summer. They knew that I was still attending school and I was planning to go back in the fall and I got scheduled full-time hours almost every week. So perhaps not necessarily it's like, oh, you know, you're making, you know, $20 an hour compared to the ones who are making 10. Perhaps they are like, you know, it it seems that you graduated from a four-year university. We're going to give you more hours because, you know, you have a degree. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But I'm starting to see why... I would think that statement is true. So apparently college isn't even that expensive, according to collegechoice.net here, because that's one of the arguments here is that the rising cost of tuition. In fact, there's even a graph here that shows that here. So these are from 2013, 2014. It would have been a long time ago, perhaps, honestly. For all I know, we're in 2020, so maybe things have changed a lot. But I'm going to look back more about this later. So tuition at a public two-year college was around $3,260 a year. And meanwhile, the average grant aid for public two-year colleges was greater than $3,260 a year and rendered the net cost of public two-year colleges as an actual negative. So I would understand why a lot of people would go to, you know, a community college or, again, a public two-year college. And I think the interesting part also to keep in mind is that most of these two-year colleges, their credits can transfer to four-year colleges and only have to do two years at a four-year college. You get the idea. So they can transfer to other universities. And again, it, it depends on which university also. While room and board increase costs and there are many outlier schools that cost much more than average, it should be clear that there are affordable options if that's a top priority. And 66% of students do receive direct government aid in the form of grants or subsidized loans. An even greater percentage receive either private or public aid, which is a third of all full-time students do still pay the full sticker price. Apparently for the upper middle class, college has become more expensive. And the silver lining is that in general, those who don't qualify for financial aid don't truly need it. (laughs) And in that range of achievement-based scholarships are available at nearly every school. So bottom line is that there is a huge range of types of school and tuition costs for which to choose from. And today they are schools for almost everyone. To summarize what this article by College Choice is trying to say is that even though you are not guaranteed whatever 
full-time job you're going to have after you graduate college, it is still going to be worth it in the end because even if you go in as a dishwasher somewhere or as a cashier or a hairdresser in which those positions do not typically require any college education, you are still more than likely going to make more money than those who have a high school education, in which I found that very interesting. Also, another thing to keep in mind is that college is not necessarily for everyone. Uh, Some people find a different alternate route, whether they go to trade school or they decide, you know, to move up uh, the ladder, you know, after they directly graduated from high school. So again, there's some exceptions, there's some outliers. So let's not, I'm not trying to knock it down on saying who's better than who. So for all I know is that I guess none of us necessarily regret getting a college education. We might regret the student loan debt, but... Um, and then another thing to keep in mind is that there was a show host by the name of Tom Likas who did something similar to this, that found an article explaining that, you know, college education is very important. And I believe the statistic he revealed was that those who graduate with a four-year degree tend to make 60% more than the high school counterparts. Now, this was roughly 10 to 20 years ago, so perhaps times have changed. The percentage might be different today than it was back in the day. So for all I know, it may be lower, it may be higher, but it's something, again, to look more into. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Today, there is more, I would say, mixed feelings about college now because you have one side saying, don't go to college, it will destroy your finances and everything and in the end not be worth it and others are saying you know what listen it is important to go like i know it's expensive and all this but trust me it is very important and will be worth it in the end and there's even articles out there saying that colleges are going to die off in like the next 10 to 20 years because of just the way they're running things and perhaps it may be true or it may be not but the whole point is there's now more of a mixed feelings or opinion about this just because with the combination of high cost about a higher education and people just not being satisfied with the career paths they chose and to be fair uh, I'm trying to understand you know the situation here like I still think there's some people struggling but then again perhaps those are the outliers those are the exceptions but now that I think about it those are some pretty huge exceptions so a couple things also could mean that is a lot of people have gone to college or are going to school because if they're looking at this from a individual borrower standpoint and they're saying that it's really manageable, well, that just means that there's just a bunch of students borrowing money, a lot of people going to school. So, I mean, I don't know. I can't really necessarily tell you super concrete answer, but all I can tell you is that the article here says college is still worth it because even if you graduate and you choose a position that does not require a college degree, you're still going to get paid more, even though it might not be enough (laughs) to live off of. I don't know. I can't really necessarily explain that thing, but go ahead and DM me on Instagram and let me know what you think about this article. Does it hold true? Does it not? I want to hear from you because, again, for all I know, we could all be the exception. You can even tell me if you're working a part-time job even after graduating. And you can let me know if you are technically making more money than those who graduated high school or not. So I just want to hear from you. 
and I'll share those responses in a future episode. So thanks again for listening. Follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. And that pretty much does it for me. So thanks again for listening, and until next time.